Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast. If this is your first time to the podcast, so glad to have you. My name is Lynn Mettler, and I like to talk about all things flying free. This week, I've got a special treat for you. I'm going to share with you one of our members only perks, which is called the Ask Lynn Anything monthly travel Q&A. And this is a benefit for members. We always host weekly live webinars. And one that we host every month is this Q&A session where you can get on live with me on Zoom, and you can ask any travel question you have from very beginner questions to more advanced travel questions, and I will do my very best to answer them for you live. So the way this works is members can come on video if they are open to it, and in this one, you'll hear um, multiple people do that, and that's great. I love this because it allows me to get to know you, to go back and forth with you, to ask you some questions, and it just makes for a much more fun and engaging and productive really answer for you. Um, But you can also, if you don't want to come on video, you can submit your question ahead of time. Like maybe you can't make the um, Q&A live. We always record everything and it goes up in our online hubs. You can listen to it or watch it later. We do an audio version too um, in a members only podcast. You can listen to it that way. Um, Or you can come on live and just post your question in the Q&A box of Zoom and I will take it. Um, and answer it that way. So you'll hear questions being answered in all kinds of different ways. And I decided to share this one because this is a really, really good one. We had a great range of questions um, on all kinds of topics. And I think it really showcases nicely how the fact that even though my fly-free process that I teach inside the membership is really simple, once you understand it, it's just not that difficult. It's just knowing it. Um, And it's super easy to put it on autopilot once you have the system set up. At the same time, there are a lot of little rules and ins and outs that you could get stuck on or could cause you to make a mistake. And that's one of the reasons I set up the membership is because even though I could tell you my fly-free process, you're going to need help implementing it successfully. And so that's what we, um, one of the big keys of membership is personal support in that you have this opportunities like on these live Q and A's to come on and ask these, any, any questions you have. We also have a special email for members where you can email a question at any time and get an answer from our team in 24 hours. So you never feel stuck. You never feel confused on what you should do next. You never have to worry. Am I making a huge mistake? Um, and I have a lot of members who join literally just for the support aspect. They want to know they can bounce something off someone and make sure that they are taking the next right step. And that's a good idea. So um, I'm going to share that with you. 
here in just a moment. Um, and I also just wanted to remind you that I am going to be hosting this week, Thursday, February 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern, a webinar specific for timeshare owners or those of you who are thinking about investing in a timeshare. And this can be things like Disney Vacation Club. It can be Marriott Vacation Club. It can be Wyndham. There's a lot of different ones out there. And I find that a lot of my members are timeshare owners. So if you've invested the money into a timeshare, how great would it be if you could fly there whenever you wanted free? So that's what this webinar is going to be all about, is how to fly free to your timeshare. And we're going to specifically look at um, some of the top timeshare markets. And um, I'm going to give you some of my strategies to help you fly free and get started flying free in 2022. If that's not something you've ever done, or maybe you've just dipped your toes in it, or maybe you are doing it, but you're not sure if you're doing it right or in the easiest way, or you're finding you're spending way too much money trying to do it. We take care of all those issues. And so I'll help you through that. So if you want to sign up for that, that's totally free Thursday, February 17th, 1 p.m. Eastern. That would be 10 a.m. Pacific. You can go to familiesflyfree.com slash timeshares to sign up for that one. And I'm also going to do another live um, version of my how to fly free in 2022, just general webinar. That's not specific to timeshare owners, but um, specific to families or couples or anyone who wants to fly free this year and give some of my best strategies on that one. I'm going to host that one on the same day, but at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, which would be 5 p.m. Pacific. And so I've just had that. The, I've done those um, twice. I did those twice last month, that webinar, and they were super popular. And so um, by request, I'm going to offer it again, but you have to come live. I'm not going to record this one and offer a replay nor am I for the timeshares one, because I share some good info in these that I don't want out on the general web, out on YouTube, um, out on podcast for anyone to hear. So if you want to get the goods, you've got to come live. So, um, and that one, if you want to sign up, you can go to familiesflyfree.com slash fly free 2022. So familiesflyfree.com slash flyfree2022, and you can register for that one. That one's going to be Thursday, February 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And if you come to these live too, then you have the opportunity to ask me some questions um, live, which is a great, great perk. So um, I hope you can join me on those two webinars, and um, please enjoy listening to our Ask Lynn Anything Q&A, our most recent one with some great questions. Today is my monthly Ask Me Anything live Q&A. So this is your chance every month to bring me whatever travel questions you have. I can't guarantee you an answer to every single one, but I will do my very best. And if I don't have an answer, we will research it and get back to you. So I had a couple of questions submitted to me ahead of time. That's one way you can submit a question. You can also opt to come on live on video with me, which I love. And if anyone's on who attended our, I see Alma, who attended our Meet and Mingle last week. It was our first Zoom social event. That was so fun. And it was so fun to have some members on camera and get to know everyone a little bit better. 
Um, and that's what, when you come on camera, then we can, we can interact a little bit more. So I like that rather than just talking to um, a names in a chat box, right? <laughs> um, so we will knock those out first, see if you come live on video, you get your question answered first. Um, otherwise you can post your question in the Q&A box. That's where I'm gonna ask you to post it um, so that I can definitely see your questions. You can use the chat box, but use that to interact with each other, interact with me rather than ask a question. Um, so I'll make sure to see it in the Q&A box. And then I've got a few submitted ahead of time. So let's do Cindy first. Hi. By the way, we had a wonderful time on the meet and greet last week. <laughs> see, there's a firsthand testimonial. It was so fun. So I definitely encourage come to the next one. We're going to do another one in February. So. And how weird was it that we knew a couple that were um, yeah, old friends? <laughs> yeah. So Cindy ended up knowing Kathy. Well, their husbands knew each other. Right. They and when they too. saw each other on screen, they, they recognize each other, right? Yeah. yeah. And both yeah. of you live in Connecticut. So, so you never know who's actually in the membership that you didn't even realize. <laughs> right. Okay. So my question is, I know you mentioned um, getting travel insurance in case Southwest um, delays the flight or you can't get there and they're not going to get you on another flight. So you should have travel insurance to go to another airline. Did I misunderstand you or is that the case? That is the case. So um, I've had a lot of questions about travel insurance, which makes sense because there's just so much chaos going on right now with the weather and with staffing. So um, the problem with Southwest is like, they're not going to rebook you on another airline. Um, I did, one of our members did have some cancellations in December and she said they did actually pay for them to stay in a hotel. They don't normally do that. Um, so that was good. And she ended up getting like a total of 15000 no, that's not right. $1,500 in love vouchers total across multiple people, multiple flights. Um, but generally they struggle. Like if they, if your flight is canceled, like today, they have a hard time getting you out before a day or two. So we saw that a lot in October. Like I sat next to a woman on a plane, we were coming back from Orlando and her flight had got canceled to take her kids to Disney. And, um, they couldn't get them out for like two more days. And they'd already paid for these Disney tickets. So they ended up driving down and they were able to fly back. But um, so that's why we got travel insurance because I wanted to know, I wanna keep flying Southwest free because best deal, but I wanna cover myself in case that happens. So if that had happened to me, I'd be like, in fact, when we flew to Disney in November, I already had mapped out like, okay, if this flight gets canceled, there's a Delta flight at this time, there's uh, you know an American flight at this time. And I think our insurance, which is Allianz, I think it was had to be a, four to six hour delay before they would cover it. So it would have to have been, um, you know, a flight later in the evening that, and it has to be, I think it was 350 or less per person, something like that, but it's just a one-way flight. So um, then I could just book one of those, put it on a credit card and then no file a claim and Allianz would pay me back. Okay. Cause I did call Allianz <clears throat> and, and they said, um, they had said no, that they wouldn't do that. Uh, there were only certain circumstances that they would do that. And it wasn't for a delay. So I got confused about that. Well, um, so how do you spell Allianz? A-L-L-I-A-N-Z. I know it's weird. I would want to say it Alliance, but that's apparently not right. right. Um, so when, I, when you look at the fine print on the one that we got, it is very specific. And I made sure that it would cover what circumstances we wanted. And I looked at it again before that November trip. So I knew exactly like how many hours it needed to be delayed and how much they would actually cover. So I didn't 
pay for a flight that was more than that. So we bought the annual travel insurance. So it, possibly it's different for that than an individual trip. I don't know. Um, but if you Google um, Allianz annual insurance or something like that, um, that's how you get to that page. And then you can compare. And we got the middle of the road plan. So it's probably different for the cheap plan. Mm. Um, but that's what ours covers. Okay, and, the, and maybe other people have um, information on this too, because the main reason I wanted it is because I'm flying my son and his family down um, on the 18th of February, and we have plans, we have tickets for Cirque du Soleil, very expensive tickets for that evening. Exactly. So now I'm freaking out over, are they going to make it? So I'm looking for, someone told me there were ticket um, insurance, non-refundable ticket expense insurance. I've been looking everywhere for that. You know anything about that? I don't off the top of my head. Um, Non-refundable ticket yeah. insurance. I don't know. Um, and look at like the, look at the Allianz annual policy because you can also like, you can play around with the amounts and get the costs down lower. So you might be able to, like we were trying to cover ourselves. I mean, for the same reason, like for Disney, we had spent money for Disney tickets and I don't want to be out that if we can't uh -huh. get there. Um, so we were trying to cover that trip. And then if we were able to go to Rome, this, this summer, those were the two I was looking at, but you could just kind of look at it as covering that one trip and try to get your limits down to where you feel comfortable. Because if you're just trying to cover a Cirque du, Soleil, Cirque du Soleil tickets, just make it so the maximum will cover those tickets and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'd play around with that and see, and look at the fine print on there, but um, yeah, that's what it I says. If anyone else has had any experience with that or has any suggestions, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, that. if you have any suggestions for Cindy, post it in the chat. Okay. Um, Heather says she's seen venues offer insurance on event tickets. That's a good point. I have too. Um, because like we got, what did we get? Basketball tickets for Butler where I went to school um, coming up. But I just noticed when we were through Ticketmaster, I think, and you could add on insurance. Right. But, and we didn't get them through Ticketmaster. We got them right through Surf to Soleil. So. Yeah. But that might be something to check if there's any okay. options that anybody they work with that offers that. Okay. All right. I'll try that. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. You're welcome. Thanks, Cindy. Okay. Kevin, you're up next. Here I come. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on video. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so my question is, I have the Southwest business card and the Southwest personal card that I just got like earlier this week. So I'm headed towards getting my companion pass. And I've noticed that there is, maybe it's just a breakdown in communication, but they talk about having or being able to use upgraded boardings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on the business, you get four per year. And on the personal, you get two. Is that the same as an early bird check-in? So which personal card did you get? Um, Premier. Okay, so that's the middle one. So, so the two perks are different there. So on the business card, you're getting four A1 through 15 boarding orders. So the way those work is basically if Southwest doesn't sell out their business seats, which are a guaranteed A1 through 15 boarding order, at the gate, or actually when you're checking your luggage, that's my tip, but normally at the gate, they'll, there'll be a sign, it'll say, upgrade your boarding order for 25 to, I think it's $40, something like that. So you would go to the gate and you'd say, hey, I want to upgrade. And then you'd pay them. And then you're now on A1 through 15. So that's essentially what you're doing there. You're just using that business card to pay 
at the gate for that upgrade, and then it erases the charge. And you can do that four times a year per flight, per person. Um, so, but you can also do that at the, when you're checking your bags, you can ask because we tried to do that on a flight to Orlando um, because you won't believe this, but I checked in like three minutes late. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. So we, then we ended up, and it was like, you know, it was full of always going to Orlando, tons of families. And so all the families board between A and B, and then basically you're at the back of the plane if you're in B. So we tried to upgrade and they'd already sold out of them. Um, but I did ask at check-in, I said, hey, can I buy it here? And they said, yes, but they're sold out. So that might be a way you can beat the people who are asking, asking at the gate, just a tip on that. Okay, so that's what you get on your business card. On the premiere, you're getting two early birds. So that is different. <clears throat> So if you got priority, that one has the A1 through 15 boarding orders, but Premier has, they've just added this now. So you guys who um, have had Southwest cards for a while, that's a new perk on your card is you get two early birds for Plus and Premier. So early bird, or you need to buy ahead of time online. Um, and same thing, you use your card and then they just erase the charge. <clears throat> are they pretty consistent about doing that? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like, is it something that I need to like follow up on and keep an eye on just to make sure it doesn't fall through the cracks? Oh, you mean about crediting you back? Yeah. Never hurts to check on that because they do, we have seen them here and there mess things up on people's um, statements or not get the points exactly right that you're supposed to be getting. So, and just early bird tips, you guys, um, you know, the earlier you pay for it, it's like, you, you are checked in ahead of everyone else with early bird, right? So everyone else checks in at 24 hours ahead, unless you forget like me and are three minutes late. Um, but so this is checking you in ahead of everyone else that's doing it at 24 hours. And you get checked in in the order in which you bought early bird. So there's a benefit to buying it sooner rather than later. So like if I really decided this weekend I was going to take a trip, probably early bird is not going to help me a whole lot because I'm going to be at the back of the line. So we have bought early bird before and you sometimes you still end up in B, which is really disappointing. Like you expect that you're going to be in A. So it's not a guaranteed boarding order like the A1 through 15 is. It's just that you get checked in ahead of everyone else. The other thing to know about early bird is that does, if you cancel a flight, that does not get reimbursed. So you lose, you're losing out on your early bird if you cancel a flight. So it's better to change your flight really to just anything else <laughs> to hang on to that. And then you could just keep changing it down the road until you get to what you really, you know, decide you want to do next. <clears throat> so just a couple tips on early bird. Um, what's Cammie saying? You don't have to fill out any paperwork to get your charges erased. It will show up on your statement in the same area as if you'd made a payment. She's never had an issue with seeing it on there so far. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Is that all? Um, yeah, I am. I've got a flight, uh, I mean, I've got a trip planned to Hawaii in September, late September, early October. And I know that the travel schedule is supposed to open up March the 1st or 3rd, somewhere around there for that yeah. time period. Mm -hmm. I live in Dallas and most of the flights that have these low fares are from like the West Coast. Will I have to book like two segments? I would compare the two. So um, I was just talking with someone about this last night. 
like with the way we did it, it actually was cheaper for us to book Chicago to San Diego and then San Diego to Maui than if we booked Chicago direct to Maui. Oh, but okay. you have to be aware if you do that, you have to get your bags in San Diego, for example, and recheck them in, Ooh. which is a pain. Um, but it's a way to pay fewer points. So I would just compare the two. And, and we see that often with like going to the Caribbean or going to Mexico too. Sometimes it's cheaper to book the two segments than straight through. And your options, like you could you can book from Phoenix or um, Vegas also goes over there. Right. As well as the ones on the West California Coast. coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Patricia, I'm coming to you next. Hey, can you hey, hear guys? us? Yes. How are you? Hi. Okay. You got a twofer here. This is Gary. Hey guys. Um, so my question is also a companion pass question. Yes. Um, we took your advice and um, just received our business card. Um, so we already, uh, in late in the year, we had picked up the personal card. Um, my question is, when do the points, those bonus points load into our uh, our account or my account, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it like if does it load when my bill comes out? Um, so it here's when it will load. So like, have you finished the minimum spend? Um, I I did on the personal, and now I'm working on the business one that we just got. And you haven't gotten your personal points yet. Okay, no. so it's supposed to load after the close date after you met the minimum spend. Okay. So, so I, I, someone had posted in the community quarry, I think, and I think she said it took three to five days after her close date. So just as a recent data point, that was what one person had to say. Okay. So my personal will, will I'll hit that this cycle. It will take me a couple cycles, I think, to because the business one has a bigger spend. Um, but once it posts, is it, is it that as soon as it posts and my business card um, will get the whatever, I think it's 80,000 points, that will, kick, that will kick me over. Will that, as soon as those points post, does the companion pass come in like right away? Yes. They'll send me a little email and say. Yay, I know it. Yay, you just, <laughs> you've earned companion pass. Yes, they do. Um, but sometimes that takes a day or two also. So if you want to, like, once your points credit, you can go to southwest.com, look on my account, and on that screen, there's a companion pass tracker, and it'll say companion pass status achieved. So that's another way if you just want to check sooner rather than wait for them to send you an email that you can see instantly. Um and they used to send you a card in the mail, but they don't do that anymore. So you don't get your nice little companion pass to hold and take pictures of. <laughs> That's actually better because I was afraid after reading some of the <laughs> posts that, oh my gosh, I don't even know where I keep that little card. I, and, I know. Now I said you were supposed to have it with you, but they never, ever asked me ever okay. to okay. see it. <clears throat> okay. okay. Well, then um, well, I... I so I, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to get it as quickly as possible. So I went on Amazon and I bought a whole bunch of gift cards. I went to Costco and I bought some cash cards. Um, you know, I'm trying to buy for places that I know I will spend. I know I will be spending, you know, in, in, in this year. Um, right. Yeah. But, That's a good way to do it. Just right, get gift cards for things where you're going to be buying stuff anyway. Okay. So now I just need to see when I... I 
I'll just need to figure out if I'm trying to just see when I need it. And then we'll figure out if we need to do any more gift card buying. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. And do you know where to find your close date? You know, I didn't even have a uh, statement yet. So okay. I called the number on the back of the card and, and they, they, told they told me, yeah. Okay. So has that passed, that date passed? It hasn't passed yet from when you met the personal minimum spend. Oh, the personal, um, the, no, I, that's like tomorrow or it's a 28th or 27th or something like that. So it's, it's imminent, but it hasn't, that one hasn't hit yet. Um, you know, so, so and, and I'm, I just wish I had done it. I think your advice had been to get it like within, uh, after one month, go ahead and apply. And I waited a little bit longer and I wish I had done it. Like you said, because then I could have applied more of the spend I did on the first card. Uh, because I hadn't gotten it. So I'm over on the first card, but that's okay. That'll yeah, get me. Okay. You're going to get there. <laughs> I'll get there. And then that first card had that current bonus of eventually, once you spend it, the, the extra 10,000, you get another 50,000 points. So mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before that one I needed to spend on anyway. So I'm focusing all my spends right now on the second card. And then I, I need to go back to that first card because of that se- second bonus. Right. Woo. And um, Elena is saying in the chat that she's in the same situation and called. She was told between six to eight weeks after you met the requirement. They do say that. okay, but it's that is not normally the case. So she said it it took her three to four weeks to receive them. But I'm assuming that's from when she finished the minimum spend. So you have to then you have to wait for the close date to occur. So she said yes. So after she met the after her close date. So um, that's a long time. I, every now and then I'll hear a case where it takes two cycles for you to get the points, but nine times out of 10, you get them within a couple days after the close date, like Glory had posted in the community. So I just want to give you that. There's another current data point for you. <laughs> oh, no, she says no after meeting the minimum spend, not after her close date. So yes. So after you meet the minimum spend, you have to wait for the close date to happen. And then usually it's within five days. Every now and then it might take one more cycle, but usually not. Okay. So okay. keep us posted. Post in the community and let us know when it comes through. Super. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Andrea, you are up next. Hey. Hello. How's okay. it going? Andrea or Andrea? Andrea is fine. Andrea. Okay. I got it right. Yay. <laughs> so I'm new. Hello, everyone. Welcome. welcome. I, think I started. I mean, I don't even think I'm a month in, but I have actually, I'm not new to credit card hacking. I started in 2018. So I have pretty much all the cards that you talked about. One question I had was I have, I still have from some cards I opened up in 2019, um, a Freedom Unlimited, and I also have a Chase Sapphire Preferred. Um, so I, I kind of waver as to which card should I be putting regular spend on? Is there a preference of one or the other? Because for some reason, I didn't close these two. I guess I like them. Um, Good. Yes, I like both of those. So that's a great question. And you need to do your new member consult because I have not done one with you. I will try to get that set up. Make sure you schedule that because that's the best way we can look at your individual situation, give you a plan specific to you Mm -hmm. that you can then follow going forward. So we can help orient you to, to like things to look at in the hub and all of that. Um, So great question. So the easiest thing to do is to put your minimum spend on Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is, that's where we start with most people. Now, if you want to be a little bit more advanced, it sounds like you are. You already know about this stuff. I'm a little bit more advanced. I, yeah. I, I play, like I have cards that have 5% cashback. So I kind of 
have them on my phone. I rotate a little bit, but not a lot. I only have like three cards. Okay, perfect. And yes. I also another monkey ranch I forgot to add. I also have a business ink card. So those are the three. Is that an unlimited or preferred? Preferred. Um, and I haven't closed those three cards. So um, yeah, don't don't. Those close are the three them. I'm trying to figure okay. out. Should I close them because I've had them all since 2019? Uh, when I first started hacking. So um, just kind of giving some advice on should I close them or which should which one should I concentrate more of my spin? So if you if you want to maximize your points earning, you really can use all three of those cards. So they are all earn chase ultimate rewards, which is the system I like to play in. Um, so on the personal side, I like I recommend Chase Freedom Unlimited because like if you want to be one step more advanced beyond chase sapphire preferred that's my next suggestion um and in fact i was going to send a video out about this card soon because it has a has a better offer for those of you who don't have it um but because it earns one and a half points on all purchases so and like you can use chase sapphire preferred where it's going to earn double and triple travel dining and whatever the other streaming and online groceries um and then you can use unlimited for everything else, because if you put everything else on preferred, you're going to get one point. If you put everything else on unlimited, you're going to get one and a half points. So it allows you to earn a half a more point on your everyday spend. Why not? Now, again, if you just want to keep it simple and some members do, they just don't, they don't want to trade cards. Fine. There's nothing wrong with putting it on preferred. That's a good plan, but you can absolutely put it on unlimited and get a half point more. And it gives you three points per dollar on drugstores. That's not a huge category of spending, but you could use it there too. And it also earns three points per dollar on dining. So you take your pick on which one you want to use for dining. You could just be like, I only use preferred for travel. And then I use unlimited for everything else because it covers you on dining too. Um, the is, chase, the, um, is the dining the same? I, I tried to go through and see it, but it looks like the dining was the same on the preferred and the um, unlimited. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's three points per dollar on both of those. So again, you can take your pick on that. Um, the preferred though, like here's one other consideration now gives you, I think it's 10% back in points and the value of points at the end of the year. So that might be a reason to use preferred instead of unlimited because based on your total spend over the course of a year, it's going to give you some additional points. That okay. might be one reason to, we're, we're getting into the fine details here. Um, and then your your Chase Inc. Business Preferred. So that is a great card. For most people, that one is hard to get because it requires a steep minimum spend. I think it's 10,000 now. Um, didn't I don't think it was that high when I got it. It wasn't. <clears throat> yeah, it was much more reasonable. Uh, it was like 80,000 points and I can't remember what, but yeah, half that or something. Now they've made it 100,000 points, like a $10,000 minimum spend. So some people have businesses where they, they are buying inventory or they have to buy supplies or whatever. And that, or they're spending a lot on online advertising. That makes sense. Um, but for a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have that kind of a business spend. Anyway, if you do have that card, it's a good one. It, it earns Chase Ultimate Rewards. So that one you can use like for, it earns more on things like shipping and internet and phone and, and again, online advertising. So if you're not doing any spending in those categories, you may not need that card. It might earn three times points on travel too. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that one that I saw was, I, I think the, the phone was good because the insurance on the phone was really good. And then the other thing I noticed, it, I think it's primary, primary insurance for rental car. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I can't remember that off the top of my head. So that it may be like reserve in that because the Chase Sapphire reserve. Yeah, gives I think you that. that's why I kept it because if I run a car and I got some forbid anything happens, it does. I don't have to claim it on my insurance. So yes, um, and that I is a great. That might be it. Um, and I think it has travel insurance too. And I'm not sure if preferred has that. So I didn't know if there was something else, but this was helpful. They both have equivalent travel insurance, reserve and preferred. And so um, the ink, uh, ink preferred is probably the same. Um, it does earn three times points on travel okay. and that's a big one. So, um, I would say you're going to, you're going to use that card for travel that, that gets rid of preferred on travel. <laughs> you get okay. three times points on dining on preferred. You got that on unlimited. So you've got online grocery purchases and streaming left on preferred. Okay. If you don't use that. Um, and then the only other benefit of that is that you get that bonus at the end of the year on preferred. Okay. So I don't know. So actually, when we look at it that way, this is where why individualization is important, you guys. Like, I definitely have a formula and a plan, but we have to customize it a little bit for everyone based on where you're spending and your travel goals and what cards you already have. So this is a good example. So you, you might not, you might be able to set preferred aside and focus on those two. And okay. do you have a business that's um, like a sole proprietorship or? an LLC or a corporation, LLC. it's an LLC. LLC. Okay. Do you um, mind mixing the personal and business expenses? No, okay. So like in <laughs> mine, uh, mine is a corporation. So I don't like to mix the two just for accounting purposes. Um, but it, yeah, it seems like with sole proprietorship and LLC, that's less problematic. Um, and so then you can put your travel on the business card, even if it's not business related and it's not a big deal. David says, what happens if one is trying to meet a minimum spend and a purchase is canceled or refunded? Um, so that's a good question. Uh, so that happened a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, early in 2020, a lot of people had put cruises, he's specifically saying a cruise booking, specifically had put cruises on their cards and those were canceled and they were refunded. So I actually at that time reached out to my Chase contact and asked them like, what happens here? And they said they will not, if, if that purchase helped you meet a minimum spend, which helped you earn companion pass, they will not take that pass away and they actually will not take your points away. So that's actually another way to meet a minimum spend, probably not the ideal way to try to intentionally do that, but um, is you can charge something to the card and then you can, after you've earned your points or your pass or whatever, you can take it back, cancel it, get it refunded, whatever. So that's the straight word direct from Chase that they will not do that. All right. Um, okay, let's see. Elena says she recently found a great deal from New York LaGuardia to Punta Cana. It's Punta Cana, isn't it? Um, but we stop, we have one stop in Baltimore. It was a little over 3,000 points one way. That's a good deal. <laughs> in reality, she's closer to BWI and would not need to go to LaGuardia. Um, if I would have booked BWI directly to Punta Cana, it was much more expensive. When I called Southwest to ask if I could just take the second flight from Baltimore, I was told that if I missed the initial flight from LaGuardia, the entire flight would be forfeited. Is that correct? Or could we still take advantage of this great rate, but cut one stop? Um, that has been a problem in the airline industry and they don't let you do that. Um, so I would not do that. So she's basically saying, 
to get the cheaper price, she has to drive herself all the way to LaGuardia to fly out of there. Um, and it stops at her closer airport anyway, because so could she just hop on at that airport? Unfortunately not. Um, there's a word for that, and I forget what that's called, but they don't like you to do that, and I don't think they will allow you to do that. So I think that is correct. Um, that's a bummer. I hear what you're saying. That would certainly be nice if you could, um, but I don't think so. Uh, I'll see if I can think of uh, any other way around that, but off the top of my head, I'm not coming up with anything. Cami wants to know um, on Andrea's question about Chase Freedom Unlimited, if she gets one and a half points per dollar and then combines it with Chase Sapphire Preferred, will she get even more points using it in the travel portal? So just to explain what that means, um, so you can use your Chase Ultimate Rewards points to book anything that you could book on Expedia through Chase's travel portal. And you can use, use your points to book these things. And it depends on what card you have as to the value you get out of your points using them in the portal. So for example, um, if you have Chase Sapphire Preferred or Chase Sapphire Reserve, you will pay different numbers of points. So reserve people are gonna pay lower points amounts um, in the portal because their points are worth more than Chase Sapphire Preferred people. So I don't think Unlimited um, gives you any additional value in the portal like Preferred does. Um, so I'm not sure if it's the same as Preferred. Probably, it was probably just one point per dollar. So yes, I would think you could move your Unlimited points to your Preferred um, and then use those in the portal. Or if you had Reserve, you could move them to Reserve and get the most out of them in the portal. That's a little bit of a complicated topic to try to explain. And we have two good videos, two good webinars on this topic in the hub. So one is um, with Stephanie on how to redeem your points in the portal. And then one with Cami where she shows you where I'm talking about moving points between cards. It's a little bit weird, um, but she explains how that works and how to get the most value out of them. So that is um, under travel credit cards and then chase cards is where you'll find those webinars. And again, you can always search with the little magnifying glass icon on the top right of the main hub for anything and it'll pull you know you can find it that way um kelly says does it make sense to book our december trip to cabo now at the cheapest points we can find then keep rebooking yes i generally recommend it's always better to book southwest flights earlier rather than later um, one it gives you more time for this hack to come into play Two, if the points price goes down, as long as you're checking, you can always rebook and get your points back. So it never hurts to book early because um, if you see a decent price, it might not come back around again. So I'm a big fan of grabbing a cheap deal when you see it, or even grabbing a deal when you see it, um, even if it's not super cheap, because generally airfares go up over time. They certainly do when you get within 30 days of a flight. Um, so, and with Southwest, because of their flexible rebooking policy, you can't go wrong booking it now if you have the points. And then as long as you check, make sure you check to see if it's gone down, um, just rebook and get your points back if it does go down. And usually it does go down on Southwest at some point if you keep checking. Um, okay, Heather says she saw an article that Ireland is opening up completely as of today. Well, that's good news. Um, if she wanted to book this with the Aer Lingus, with Aer Lingus this summer, how soon do you think I need to do that. How quickly do those award seats tend to sell? Um, generally, they don't sell that fast, but I really, 
it's hard to guess here, but I really think we're going to see a extremely busy summer. And I think especially to Europe, if Europe opens up, tremendous pent up demand to go to Europe. So I really think it's going to be busier than we normally see. So I would go ahead and book it as soon as you possibly can just to try to um, cover yourself in case that is what happens. Um, we're, I know Stephanie on our team was saying she was seeing um, points prices skyrocket for this summer for, I think she was looking for South America. Um, and there was some other data point that I saw about Europe where it's just super, super busy. So um, I would grab them sooner rather than later is what I would say. And when we did our first big Europe trip in the summer, a couple of years ago, um, I booked ours, I think in February for a late May trip. We didn't have any trouble then, but different situation then. The only other thing I wanted to mention is um, that Delta and Turo have partnered up. So I did post that in the alert yesterday, I think, but uh, Turo is what our team recommends if you want to save the most on a car rental. It's like the, it's like a, the Airbnb of car rentals where you're sh car sharing. Um, Cami can vouch for it. She's used it twice. I haven't personally tried it yet, but several other members have and had, had good experiences too. Um, and so now, not that we talk about flying Delta free, but I always think if you can earn miles or points for no extra cost, why not? You might need to use Delta at some point, um, but you can connect your Delta Sky Miles account to Turo. And I think it was just turo.com slash Delta. And um, you earn like a thousand points on your first Turo booking. And then, uh, or maybe it was 500 and then like 200 for each subsequent booking. So that might be something that you want to do too. Kind of a, why not? Um, all right. So I think that's all I've got for you today. That was a great one. Thanks all of you who are willing to come on video. That is so much more fun and um, have a great rest of your week and we will see you on the next webinar. Thanks guys. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's fly free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the US, Caribbean and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.